Hey there, and welcome back to Take One. Today we're reading two pages, 21 and 22. And if you've never read Talmud before, I think these pages may surprise you, right? Our guest today, Rabbi David Bashevkin. I'm surprised by every page, but yes, that, that's, uh, these pages are quite salacious and jarring. There are in them, to the uninitiated, uh, this is an, an NSFW warning, uh, there's a lot of poop. There are seminal emissions, there's urination, there's discussion of all matters of things uh, that make the body impure. For example, uh, on page 22, uh, it says, The sages taught one who was standing in prayer when, for some reason, urine is flowing on his knees. He must interrupt his prayer until the urine ceases and then resume praying. First of all, tell us. You expect going into this, it's this big leather-bound volume. It has that very special page construction. It is uh, revered to those of us who, who are not that familiar with it as the kind of uh, seminally holy text of, of the Jewish people. And then you open it, and there is so much about the body. It's so funny. When I was growing up, I found an amazing loophole. I was in about uh, fifth grade, and my mother was very strict about what movies I could see. She would not let me see movies <laughs> with nudity. Uh, she was really care- the nudity was the big thing. Cursing, she you know she could get over that. Violence, she get over. She she never liked it. She would always walk into Blockbuster back in those days and ask whatever like seventeen year old was at the counter. You know, is this appropriate? <laughs> the kid was like you know shrugging it off, which wasn't mortifying to you at all. But she would let me, and this is interesting. She would always let me read whatever I wanted even if it had salacious material to read it, because she would always say it's not any more salacious or graphic than what you will find in the Talmud. <laughs> that was always her reasoning. You, you think Philip Roth is shocking? You've not read Exa- Exactly. And I pushed her too far once. In eight, so I read all of the John Grisham novels. I was like a kid, and I love them. And there's some pretty graphic stuff in there. In eighth grade, I wanted to read The Godfather, and my mother said, I think there's just too much inappropriateness. She went ahead and censored it with black marker. <laughs> I got my copy of The Godfather back from my mother. It looked like the Mueller report. That's it was so like, but I think the Talmud is, this is what we've spoken about. Sexuality, kind of pureal feces, all the, this is a part of the Talmudic world. The Talmudic world is not in a synagogue with everybody dressed in white, you know, on Yom Kippur. You're going to say sometimes you're going to stand there and you're going to pray and, you know, heaven forbid, accidents happen to all of us. Sometimes, maybe, you're going to kind of maybe a little bit lose control over your bladder and you're going to pee a little bit. Or sometimes you may walk around and there's, you know, maybe some disgusting toilet in a, in a very near vicinity to you and you're going to see it and smell it and these are not things that we should ignore. Yeah, and this is also a reflection of a world before indoor plumbing, right. which is a major factor and has like a lot of discussions. So, you know, we saw earlier uh, on page eight when the rabbis are talking about what is the most noble thing to pray for and the opinion that the Talmud itself says is the most, you know, commendable opinion is that you should pray to find a good bathroom, you know? 
That's like uh, George Costanza, <laughs> right. the Curb Your Enthusiasm. The eye toilet, you know, is going to change change the world. There, there's something about the dignity of a decent bathroom and the indignity of not having right. one that that appears. That we're, we're, we don't shy away from that. Every Jew would second that emotion. Like, dear Lord, <laughs> yeah. please guide me to Gu- a clean bathroom. To a clean bathroom. I ask for nothing more, amen. Uh, so our last couple of conversations were sort of meaty and focused on real kind of matters of law. Today I want to read a story because uh, these pages, page 22 in particular, has a story that I found very touching. It's very short, but I want to read it to you. The Gemara relates an incident involving a student who was reciting Mishnayot and Breitot, he was studying Torah, hesitatingly before the study hall of Rabbi Uda ben Betera. The student experienced a seminal omission, and when he was asked to recite, he did so in a rushed, uneven manner, as he did not want to utter the words of Torah explicitly. Rabbi Yehuda said to him, My son, open your mouth and let your words illuminate, as matters of Torah do not become ritually impure, as it is stated, Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, Jeremiah 23, 29? Just as fire does not become ritually impure, so too matters of Torah do not become ritually impure. The scene is incredible, right? It's, it's college, basically. It's the Bet Midrash. It's the house of study uh, of Rabbi Yudab and Betera. He's asking one of these students to recite Torah. The student is young, presumably not married, and quite visibly had just had a seminal omission, which is basically like that mortifying dream that we all have, right, of appearing one day appearing naked in, in front of the entire mm-hmm. school. And then what happens? The, the child is uh, is embarrassed. And to me, I, I find this so deeply moving because I think everybody, whether it's from uh, sexuality or your background or this, you, you've had moments where you've come to practice, you've come to a, a religious context, you've come to an unfamiliar context. And you're hesitant. You're maybe, mortified. So embarrassed. M- maybe your arms are folded over. Maybe it's your body language. Maybe you're taking a fake cell phone call in the corner. But you you are projecting the fact that you don't belong. And I have always been so moved from this story because his Rebbe, the rabbi, pulls him over and says, pick your head up. Right. Pick your head up. Straighten up. You do belong. And no matter what you did last night, no matter what your background, your upbringing, your outlook is, that doesn't bear upon the holiness and decency of the work you're in because the holiness of Torah that you're approaching is immutable. And don't think that your history and your experiential life is kind of going to pull down the Torah. It's vice versa. Your practice and the fact that you're willing to be here, even with discomfort, is going to pull you up. You know, I think that is such a gorgeous story. And I think so many of our our listeners, or I hope so many of our listeners will find meaning in this. Because so many of us, so often, you know, especially as we want to engage with things like what we're doing here with reading a page of Talmud a day, think like, but I'm not educated enough. I live this life that maybe, you know, is very far from the kind of idyllic life described in the Torah. Uh, maybe I drink too much. Maybe my sex life is, you know, a bit all over the place. Whatever it is, you know, maybe I'm not good enough for this. And this story tells us, no, we all are. This belongs to all of us. We're all at home exactly. in this particular study. Pick your head up and let your words illuminate. Hallelujah. Rabbi Bashevkin, thank you so much. 
This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope you've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.